Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing a pastor's perspective on COVID, corporate worship, and church shopping. All right. Well, we're back, Brian. It is good to be with you this morning. How are yeah, you, man? I'm great. I'm excited to be here to record this podcast. You know, one of the things we do at the end of the podcast is tell people where they can find us yes. and how to contact us. Let's do this. At the we're going to do it at the beginning because people prob because you probably don't stick around long enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they t- you turn us off in the middle. We need to tell them something intriguing, then be like, stick around to the end to so find out. We're both on Facebook. You can find Brian yes. Gocher, Brian Van Doren, if you want to. Connect with us there, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not on any other social media. Yeah, I'm really not. I'm I'm on like uh, I think Instagram because I'm a youth pastor, <laughs> but that's about it. You just so. show off your workout pics on Instagram. Right? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but uh, like but really, you can find Facebook it, you know is the primary way. Yeah, and then our website, which mm-hmm. is uh, org slash f4l, that has all of our podcast lists, and it, and you can go there and you can share them. You can see all of our things. There is a website mm-hmm. actually from our podcast. I forget what that one is, but anyway, that's not important, but you can email us f4l at org, And so that F the letter, the number four and yes, then L, L at org. Yeah. So send us an email. Yep. Let us know if you got any feedback on any episode, uh, any questions, any future ideas. We're in the process of planning for the future. And so yep. we're really excited about upcoming series yep we yeah got some things in the work to, you want to tell us about one of the series yeah got i'm actually up? at really some point we, this will be maybe like a uh, month or two away maybe maybe sooner it's been on the release schedule so we're talking about this uh topic and and uh the the thing that we've discussed is you know we're we're families for life and so we try to talk about topics in a way that it uh, impacts um, parents, the way it impacts all of our families and helps us to be um, believers for life, but also in our families for life. Right. But uh, so we want to talk about topics relating to parenting sometimes. And we're going to talk about this series called Hard Talks. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get into some topics that, um, and we're going to try to address some of these topics through the age spectrums, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to talk about different things and how you would deal with them with like littles, you know, uh, preteens, teens, and then, uh, you know, moving on past that. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we're, we're really excited about it. And uh, hopefully as we get closer to it, uh, we'll, we'll talk some more about it as we get closer to it. Yeah. It'll be coming pretty soon. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. We've got some other things in the works here. Uh, coming up with some different biblical balance episodes. We got a really great idea on possibly doing some parenting profiles. Yeah. So I'm really excited about things we have coming up. We had a huge brainstorming session this mm-hmm. week, and it got me really, really pumped. Yeah, for, we both left that meeting future. very excited. So we'll see. Hopefully you will be excited yeah. about it as well. <laughs> but today, one of our favorite things to do is these pastor perspectives because we get to comment and talk about sort of current uh, issues, you know, we take a look at issues and topics that are directly affecting Christians and churches. So right. often they're cultural issues, and we walk through uh, how a Christian should think and act on these issues. Right, and so today we're going to talk about some topics. We've touched on these a little bit, especially the first one, but but we're doing it in a different, different way from a different perspective. So we're going to talk about first COVID two years later. Guys, mm-hmm. Uh, this has it's been we, two years. It's been two years since it's crazy 2020. Okay. And uh, sometimes that blows my mind. So we're going to get into that uh, and kind of the changes that have happened since then. We're going to talk about the importance of corporate worship, which is so, sort of related to that. And then also this idea of church shopping, what it is and, and what we should think about it. So um, are I'm, you excited I'm, to talk about one of these more or yes well when when we were first brainstorming about this i was like man i don't want to talk about covid yeah you know <laughs> but we'll we'll explain why i felt that way and uh, but but i am excited to talk about it but i'm i'm mostly excited to talk about um well, really, they all they will all go together, I think. I, I am looking forward to talking about corporate worship yeah. um, and why that's important. Right. So, But what about you? Yeah, some of the things can come across kind of negative, but I think we're going to look at it in a, in a positive light. Right, exactly. And so I'm excited about that because a lot of these things you might be thinking we're going to get on our soapbox and rail right. against, but that's not the plan. <laughs> no, so if that happens, the plan. No. 
that happens, then we've gotten <laughs> off track. But let's <laughs> we'll talk about the COVID-19 pandemic two years later. Yes. So in my, I was mm-hmm. in Facebook, you know, it pops up the memories every right. day. And the memories have been coming up where we were at first, we had started, um, everything was shutting down. The, the, the NBA, the NCAA were two really big, like cultural markers yep. where things that shut down. And so at that point, everything was unknown. Right. Churches were like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta kind of modulate and kind of move and figure some things out. So we, um, had set up a live stream. And we were doing in person for like the first week or two. With it the was, live stream. I think it was literally one, one week. week. And then, and then we, we went, actually canceled and then services. We canceled, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we, we just went to live stream. Right. We canceled exactly. services. Yeah. And then uh, we canceled in person worship. And then we were meeting in our conference room. We pretty much set up mm-hmm. every day in our yeah. conference room all day because we were like, things were changing so rapidly and so yeah. fast. So that came with my memories. Just yesterday, it came up in my memories that um, I had gone home. We had all gone to our homes to work from home. Yeah, yeah. And we were doing Zoom meetings like basically every day. Right. And we went to Zoom like ministry. We we right. immediately went to life group. Uh, we we were putting together all sorts of stuff. I remember so, that. So anyway, all those were popping up, and I was like, wow. That's been two years. That was just such an unreal like mm-hmm. period of time. And you know, I know most people are are tired of talking about it. They're right. tired of talking about the pandemic. But you know, should we should we just quit talking about it? Should we just like everyone sort of have like cultural amnesia and just forget about it like it never happened? Or should we still be in panic mode? What What do you think? Yeah. So I have uh, it's a yes and no answer yes to that no. question, yeah. um, which is usually how I am. So yes, I do think we need to stop talking about it in the sense that we need to stop talking about it like it's still happening, like like we are still in this severe pandemic. Because when that first happened, the reason why we did all of those things, I remember I remember having conversations with you in our worship center, and we were like we have no idea what this thing is and yeah. what we're being told is telling us that like millions and millions of people are yeah. going to die, like millions and millions right. and millions and uncontrolled like the black plague or something. It was just going to sweep the world and, and, and anyone who got it was going to die. Like that was right. essentially what we were expecting. And so we know vastly more. We're not doctors, but we, you know, we know vastly more about this deal. Um, we are past that original, you know, uh, strain of COVID. And so like things are not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we shouldn't act like they're like that anymore. We should be able to move on and move mm-hmm. forward and, and continue forward out of this. Thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's good. But then, no, I don't think we should stop talking about it. Um, because if we stop talking about what happened and how we handled it all and what we did personally, what we did corporately, you know, all of these things, then we won't learn from it. Mm-hmm. And so we have to learn from these things or else it was pointless. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I, you know, this, this pandemic has really marked our society. And as much as people want to move on from it, it, there's a sense in which things will never be different because it is a seismic event. It's like, I like to think about older people talk about the JFK assassination Mm -hmm. or world war two. You know, Mm -hmm. I, in my life experience, nine 11, right. was one of these seismic events that changed everything. Mm -hmm. And it changed our outlook, our perspective on life. It changed how we functioned with, with uh, like the the airports and public transportation, and you know it 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 just it just changed so much of life. And things have have never gone back to the way they were pre nine eleven. Right. And, right. and people that have grown up in that, that's just kind of natural to them. Yeah. They don't understand like I, how I, things were different right. before. Like, I didn't really fly much um, before 9-11. I was 11 or 12 when that happened. And uh, and so I hadn't really flown a whole lot, not not that I could remember. So, well, I do remember. I actually do remember uh, my, I mean, they my had grandparents the TSA coming and, through. Right. The, they had the TSA checks and all that. Yes. But, like, literally anyone could go yes. into the gate. You, you, you always... Watched people go right, off leave. on the plane. That's right. I remember right. that. I remember that as a as a little kid watching people leave, um, but not going with them um, from from the terminal. Right. right. Well, now that's not a thing anymore. So there's a lot that has changed. I mean, that. it wasn't this easy, but get, getting on a plane was like just grabbing a taxi almost. Almost. Yeah. Almost. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, uh, I think that the pandemic has 
fundamentally changed our our society in a way that is marked. Now, I'm not saying like we're not in the middle of it. We're not freaking right, right. out. We're in all this. But I think there will be some long-term lasting effects that will we will mark time by 2020. We will say the the, the COVID-19 yes. pandemic of 2020, we will, we will look back at that 20 years from now. I, I, I fully agree. I think we're already doing that, of course. And I do think that um, I do think we will always remember 2020. That will always be a year in our minds for forever. Um, so what ways have we changed? Our society has changed. Church culture has changed. Yeah, that's a good question. So the more I think about it, there are, there are, I, I feel like there's kind of like spectrums in this. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's like a spectrum of skepticism mm -hmm. that I have yes. seen. So there's skepticism and there's a spectrum there. So there's good skepticism and then there's bad skepticism. And on one side of this is like, you know, zero skepticism where you just believe everything that you're told. Yeah. So there's that where, where there are people who, who are just just will believe anything they're told by basically anyone that looks borderline official, you right. know? It's kind of like getting a phone call from somebody. Well, I think that happens on you're, both. You're just like, oh, yeah, my, my warranty is out. Oh, man, well, I, I think need it, you know? That happens so on that. both sides of the political spectrum. If you have yes. DR in front of your name, you're an expert. Exactly, exactly. So there's this, I believe everything. Then there is this, I believe literally nothing. Yeah. Um, unless, unless I like them, you know, and even then, like, I don't believe anything. And, um, and so there is, there is dangers on both sides. I mean, anytime you're on the extreme of anything, there's dangers there. And then I, I do think that there is a healthy skepticism that has arisen. I hope anyways, that's my prayer and my well, hope for all of Like us. we talked about in a previous episode, we are in a different age of, of thinking culturally, you know, mm -hmm. this meta modernism. And I think right. that, I think that this has even, sort of further like like fomented that because we literally to the point to where you you can't like we always knew like the media kind of had an agenda we knew mm -hmm. the government has an agenda everybody has an agenda of course everyone but but we we were we were we were all under the assumption that whatever agenda somebody had the government these large powers you mm -hmm. know these corporations these you know we were kind of under the assumption that, that generally Right. They were for the people. They were right. for our good, for our country, for, you know, but I don't think anyone believes that anymore. Yeah. I, I, I think everyone understands that whatever agenda somebody has, it's for them or their group of people or yeah. whatever they're trying to accomplish. Right. And all of these things run, run against one another many, many mm -hmm. times. And so you have agendas of all of these people. They're just clashing. Right. And you don't know as a, as a normal everyday person, you're like, I don't know. I can trust anyone. Right. So I think the level of trust has gone way down mm -hmm. to the point to where I don't really listen to many people mm -hmm. anymore. And it, it's gotten bad because even if there is a, an expert, yeah, someone who is well researched, well documented, people turn them off because there's so much misinformation. There's so many things going on that right. You're like, what? What agenda do they have? And there's good information that's called misinformation. <clears throat> yeah. And and then there's misinformation that that is, um, you know, there's there's bad information that's called, you know, the right information. And so, th this is this is definitely a a turbulent. Mm -hmm sort yeah. of information you know we we have said we've been said that we live in the information uh age you know and we kind of live in a turbulent yeah. part of that because it's like what information is right one of the things i was really disappointed to see is how much fear that people had yes you know and i think that has changed and marked our culture in a way that we may we may or may not recover from that right you know brian the reality is <clears throat> People die every day, mm -hmm. and I don't want to be really callous about people dying. Obviously, right. those lives matter. God right. loves those people, and we need to care about them. But I could walk out of here, and a meteor could fall on my yeah, head. Exactly. I could walk. I could be driving down the road. Somebody cross a lane and crash into me and kill me. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, we, there are dangers mm -hmm. everywhere. You know, I may be walking around with a brain aneurysm that could explode right. and kill me. Right. I'm, I may have a heart attack right in five minutes. You know, right. who knows? That'd be crazy if that happened. But um, <laughs> I'd be like, well, dang it. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is life is fleeting. It's inherently full of dangers. Right. And if we walk around in constant fear of everything, we, we, will, we will go crazy. We will literally right. become 
agoraphobic, uh, crazy people because we are afraid of everything. Yeah. So I, I, I fully agree with that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that the Lord has been teaching me in my life and well, Hmm. Saying to me things that I'm like mentally knowing, but having to practically apply, which Mm -hmm. is really hard is that if fear is the only reason why I won't do something, then I need to do it anyway. Right. Because if I'm, if I, if, if fear is the only reason and God wants me to do it, or there's like a lot of other good reasons to do things, and the only thing that's stopping me is fear. Well, the Bible tells me I've not been given a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think what this whole thing is, and here's where this becomes positive, mm-hmm. I, I hope, is that there are, there are a lot of things that have been pointed out that are negative, that are, that are problems mm-hmm. in our society. I think problems created, problems pointed out. I think there has been a lot of diagnosis done from the COVID pandemic mm-hmm. on people's hearts, on our own hearts, on Christians' hearts, and... If we don't take that seriously and apply the truth of the Bible and apply the gospel to these things in our lives, then we will just live in this, uh, you know, terminally, Mm -hmm. spiritually ill state of life. Mm -hmm. And so we do not have to live in fear. We have to live in trust, right? And the difference, the way that you can walk out of your house and trust that, you know, even if you do get hit by a meteorite, you're going to be okay Mm -hmm. and your family is going to be okay, is knowing that God... Is in control right. 100% and that he loves you and is the, working all things for the, the good of those who love him. The Christian worldview on life should always be that life is precious and God loves all life. But we we should not cling. We, we, we hold our lives with an open hand, knowing right. that God is in control. And this is, what, this is what is so crazy because for years, missionaries, Christians uh, would, would take you know, and say, God, my life is in your hands. I'm going to go do some of the most dangerous yes. things that I can possibly do. I was talking to a brother in Christ who runs a missions organization in a closed country. Mm, yeah. And he has partners in that country. And I was asking him, you know, cause p- part of what he does is get people out of that country. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him about what about, is it Christians? Is it non-Christians? And he said, you know what? He said, oftentimes when I talk to Christians in this country, they want to stay. In spite of being people that can be killed or right. imprisoned for their faith, right. okay, they want to stay because they have they know they have a higher calling to the Lord to share the gospel and to make disciples. Right. So think about that. Those are people that are intentionally putting their life on the line for the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say our life is really not ours. Right. Our life is the Lord's, and when God calls us home, he's going to call us home. That doesn't mean we need to be stupid. I don't need to go play in traffic. No. I don't need to play Russian roulette. I don't need to do those kind of things, but I need to do all that God has called me to do and let God call me home when he's ready. Well, and that's exactly the point. Like, what what is our lives about? Like, we've been purchased, right? Like, we belong to Christ. He is our, he's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our commander. He's our brother. He's our older brother. He's all of these things. And and as such, you know, there, I was just thinking of that song, like, Onward Christian Soldier. Mm. You know, like, like I'm thinking about what you just said, and I, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I'm, I have an affinity for the Marines for, for reasons, because I'm biased, but, you know, there's those commercials that are like, Marines, you know, they always run to the firefighter sure. or whatever. Uh-huh. They, run, they don't run away from the danger. And I'm like, Christians, Christians ought to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, are, if we are called to bring the good news of life to the world, um, eternal life, mm-hmm. you know, life through death, right. um, then... Then we should not we should not be the ones clamoring in fear. Right, our for, attitude for our should lives. say, "Hey, there's a global pandemic. How can I leverage this for yeah. the power of the gospel?" That's right, and that's what we need to say. And I will say, a lot of good has come out of that because yes, a lot of that has happened. Right, so many churches, the 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 the, the preaching, the 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 stuff is all online. Yeah, people have been able to reach people, care for people, walk through them with in very very hard that's times. Good, so I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to. Um, I don't want anyone to hear me to say, like, I'm really being flippant about life because I'm not. God cares about all of that, and and so do I. There have been, and I have lost friends and loved ones Mm -hmm. through this pandemic, so I'm not being flip about it. But I want to make sure that our priorities, our thinking are correct. And, And in our church, we have to have an attitude to say, 
uh, of of fearlessness, mm-hmm. but a, but a gospel fearlessness mm-hmm. to say God is calling our church to step out and to step up, no matter what we face. It might be another pandemic. It mm-hmm. could be persecution. Uh, it could be a myriad, the natural yeah. disaster. It could be a myriad of different things. How is the church? How are Christians going to respond to that? Are right. we going to cower back in fear, or are we going to say God has given us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline that we can go forward and share the gospel? Well, and what does the Bible say? You know, He who overcomes these things will be given the keys to life. Right? right? I mean, like, you know, there's there's seven different uh, points where we're told He who overcomes these things, you know, will be given this, will be given that, and it's like the point is overcome. Right. Because Christ overcame right. and he is in you yep. by the power of the Holy Spirit. So right. so this is true. We can do it. And uh, and we have had a lot of good ways of of ministering to people in this. I mean, I know our church, uh, a lot of our deacons and a lot of people just stepped up big time to, to minister to people. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really, really good. But one of the things about this that, you know, uh, was the hardest, I think, was the fact that we weren't able mm-hmm. to actually get together in person for some time. Um, yeah, so, the cor- yeah, the, the absence of corporate worship. And we got back to it fairly quickly. Right. I think it was March something, middle of March, when we stopped corporate worship. Yes. And I think we were back in by May. May, I believe so. We were having live stream and live services uh, in, in one. I want to one- say it was probably like six weeks yeah. of... Now, I know there were others that were a year or longer Mm -hmm. of not having live Mm -hmm. services. And so I think one of the takeaways we learned how important corporate worship is. So let's let's talk about that and transition to the importance of corporate worship. It wasn't until it was gone that we realized how important it was. You know, I me as a minister, it may sound strange, but I took it for granted. Mm -hmm. Did you? I I I did. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this and I was like. For me, it was different because um, we got to be together for those live streaming things. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was with you. I was with a handful of other people um, doing those things. So, you know, this did not affect me as much because mm-hmm. I got to be around. What I what I noticed was how important it is to to be with people you love and worship. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I rem- and, and I thankfully got to have that, mm-hmm. but I know the vast majority of people did not. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people who I love that I wasn't able to be with and I missed them greatly. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we did get back to any type of in-person, whatever, I was like very emotional mm-hmm. about it yeah. and I didn't expect to be. Um, so I obviously missed it greatly. Well, if I remember correctly through the summer, we, for, there was a period of time we only had one service. Uh, right. no life groups, you know, we were doing all that online. And I think that was all through the summer by the fall. I think we had sort of returned to like a regular type schedule or, mm-hmm. or mostly a regular schedule. I can't remember the exact uh, thing, but all I remember is when people were coming back and I was seeing people in person for the first time that I was emotionally overwhelmed yeah. because I was like, man, I, it's one thing to call them on the phone. Cause we were calling oh, people, yeah. we were emailing, we were video chatting, but man, God has designed us for relationship in person. And when I saw everyone return, people I'd not seen for months, I was getting weepy, you know, because I was like, wow. And, and And that, you know, that, that goes to the point about what makes worship so special is it's the gathering of the body. Yeah. You know, it is, it is the preaching. It is the singing. Yes. But, but if all we needed was preaching and singing, we could just get that on a live stream. Right. But there's something special about having a group experiential service together that we are there in person fellowshipping and worshiping the Lord together. What What is it about that? Well, like you said, I mean, it's the gathering of the body, but that's, you know, why is that special? Because we are loved ones. Like, like you know, Jesus says that uh, they will know you by this, that you love one another, right? So when we gather together, this is why, you know, it matters the type of church you have. If if your church is just a, a social club, it's not going to feel the same. But when your church is made up of genuine believers who actually love each other and, and focus on that, 
um, that's when it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this, it's a family gathering. I, I was thinking about it as if like every week you have a big, huge family reunion, you know, and you're there sitting, sitting together with your father who is the one who made it all possible. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. We're there to worship our heavenly father who, who brought us all together, um, out of a world of hatred and, and animosity or just indifference right. into a world of genuine love and, and care for mm-hmm. one another. And, um, and you can't really have that if you're not with each other. Right. So that's so, one aspect of so, it. So, so we we're post pandemic now and we're in a mode where everything has pretty much gone back to our normal worship schedule mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what, um, as we think about now, what would you say to somebody, you know, who, you know, say, say years from now, yeah, you'd say, well, why is corporate worship so important? Why do, why does that even matter now? You know, like, I don't want us to think this just if I don't want us to frame this just in a pandemic, pandemic sense. Mm-hmm. I want to frame us this in a, in a biblical theological sense. Like corporate worship has always been important from the day that uh, the Christians first gathered in the temple court Till mm-hmm. till mm-hmm. till now, Christians have always gathered together for worship. Right. So I mean that that is very important. That that is that is in our DNA, right? Yes. Well, yeah, in the DNA of the church. I mean, so so one of the main things here is you know where Jesus says, "Where two or more are gathered, mm-hmm. there I am also." So yes, we all as individual believers have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus with us in in through the presence of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but. There is a, a, a special way that in being gathered together as a church body, um, Jesus is present with us. And so here we have God through the Holy Spirit, Jesus through the Holy Spirit, in and amongst his church. And, you know, there's just a way in which being at church is different from doing just Bible study at home mm-hmm. because God is... God always works on us, but then when you're at church, he he moves and he works on your heart mm-hmm. in, in other ways that maybe don't happen when you're not worshiping corporately. And that's something I want people to understand. Coming to church does not mean, you know, it's not always this like super amazing. We're not saying you should come to church because it's going to always make you feel better. Yeah, That's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is you should come to church because that is where your heavenly father and your family are meeting right. together to to become more like Christ mm-hmm. all together. And, um, and we should want that. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, there are times I go to church and I don't have the right heart, you know, I'm not in the right attitude and I'm one of the pastors and God works on my heart and makes me more like Christ makes mm-hmm. me enjoy that time there. And it's like, wow, thank you, Lord. Cause I didn't want that before. You know, I couldn't make that happen in and of myself. Well, I think a lot of it boils down to what, what are, what is your goal? If you are wanting to be a disciple of Christ and grow in your faith, then corporate worship will be important to you. Mm. If you're just wanting to show up, get a little Jesus right. and move on. Or if, or if church, if Christianity is just kind of a one part of your life, you know, then yeah, you may get up in the morning. You're like, I'm not feeling it today. I'm just going to stay home. Right. You know, it, it's not a habit. It's not something you do. You know, we talk about working out a lot. You know, we're, we're in a mode where we challenge each other and encourage each other in our, in our workouts. There are days where yep. I'm like, I don't want to be here at the gym. Yeah. I don't want to go, but I have a goal. And I know that if I want to get to this goal, I got to go. Mm-hmm. The days that I have set up to go, right. and I got to go, ma- got to go do the workout and make it happen, because ultimately I will get to my goal, right? And I will, I, I, I but, but it's in the, it's in the everyday kind of minutia of that. So you're like, why do I need to go to church? Just the same thing every week. You know what, God, like you're saying, may mm-hmm. do something different on your heart, but it's also in the everyday. It's in the, it's in those. I'm sorry, not with with church maybe every week. It's in those every week instances that God is working and changing on your heart. And you may not even see it at the time. Yeah, You may not even see it till months down the road. And you're like, wow, God has been working and changing my heart through this whole process. That's one of the things about preaching, you know, it's like when you hear preaching, sometimes people think that, you know, and even pastors wrestle with this is like, do people even remember what I preached? Um, no, <laughs> do you pastor even remember what you preach? Uh, like I don't sometimes, like I'll even ask the students, like, what did we talk about last week? <laughs> um, and, and the point that I'm making is this, the preaching of the word is not for you to be able to 
retain information like you're going to take a test. It is God using his word to change you. So, like, what's actually happening is not you just, like, becoming smarter. Mm -hmm. You are being shaped and transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. And uh, it does not mean that you necessarily, you might, you probably do know, like, way more than you did just through listening to God's word being preached. But that's also changing you. Yeah. And that's why we do it. Mm -hmm. um, and, yes, reading your Bible at home is a part of that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's absolutely a exactly. part of that. But but this is a more accentuated way that God has designed. So this is a part of the design. Well, these are all means of grace to us. The, right. God's Word is a means of grace. Uh, the ability to pray is a means of grace. Um, the church is a means of grace to us. So if we do not engage with the church on a on a regular ongoing basis then we're basically saying to god i i don't i don't want or need a something you've provided for me to grow in my faith something that you have you have established something that you have sustained right. something that you have made happen through the blood of your of your son jesus i don't need that right and that is sad if we get to that point because the church should be essential for the believer. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that it, it, this might help listeners a little bit, one of the things I try to do is look at my spiritual life and look at, like, toddlers. It's, it's easier for me because I have some toddlers. <laughs> but I look at my spiritual life and I look at toddlers and then I compare myself Am I acting like a spiritual toddler? And, you know, when we when we say, oh, I don't want to do this that God wants me to do, and I don't want to do that, I just think about kids. Like saying, no. I don't want to eat this. No. You know, it's yeah. like, like, just drink your milk. You know, it's God, like, I no. want to do what I want to do. Exactly. And, yeah. and you know what? What's amazing to me is how we can be maturing, growing Christians, and how quickly we can snap back into yeah. our spiritual toddlerness mm, and good. uh and so listener you know if you are there if you're a spiritual toddler sometimes don't it's okay you're not alone but guess what you can grow out of that right. so like and the way you grow out of that is by lovingly submitting yourself to god's design for your life and that includes corporate worship right so so i would encourage people to be regular yes. in your worship. If yeah. you're not sick, if you're not having to work, and if you have to work, you need to really try to work to adjust your schedule right. to where you can get to worship or find a church service you can attend. Um, if you're not sick, if you're not on vacation, then you need to be at church. Right. And it's through that every week thing, you will see growth in your life. You will see God doing something. You need to engage with the preaching, yeah. the singing, and the people. Yeah. Those are the three elements that are worship. It's right. it's it's singing together. It's hearing the preached word. It's well, it's praying together as well. But then also just being together in relationship. Yeah, and that's so important. And those are things we can't get from a live stream. That's right. And so we we are thankful for our live stream because if people we have snowbirds, there's a lot of people. We got who people are that sick. are sick. Yeah. We got people that are staying home that can watch on live stream. People on vacation. I mean, like I I know when I've been away, I love being able to just. I, like driving, I've been sure. driving and just wanting to to listen. That's to it. why that's there, not not so somebody can not to just replace it. not to replace corporate right. worship. And so I think that's important. You know, as we think about corporate worship, is that mm -hmm. anything else you want to say? No, on that's that? that's exactly what. You know, yeah. I think that uh, also through this pandemic, many of the churches have not fully recovered. Right. Worship attendances have not regained to their their numbers. Uh, return to their numbers they were pre-pandemic. Volunteers are Volunteers still slim. Are low, yeah. Giving is down in many churches. You know, I talked to many pastors in our area, many pastors mm -hmm. just around the country, and they all expressed the same thing. Yeah, there's there wasn't a return to the you know, church. It, it was funny. I think when it first hit, when the pandemic first hit, everyone was like, "We got to do this all together," you know. And there was actually like a rise in giving and a rise in some of these things. Um, but then now that it's gone, I think we've kind of all gotten tired right you know mm -hmm. and when that happens it's like okay you know and it kind of just dwindles away so i feel well, like we're kind of in that phase. right one other thing is that i've heard from pastors that they're seeing is that new people are showing up there's kind of been a reset of, yeah. of people maybe that that were not churched or have wanted to change churches mm -hmm. you know and um some of this has been uh, you know this this is what I've heard, there's new people showing up. It's 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 kind of weird. It's kind of strange. We're right. in a different era. So, 
what, what does that mean? Yeah, well, you know, it is funny. I, I've thought about that, like, since, you know, from two years ago. There are people who I know who are, are really active members of our church who we didn't know before 2020, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's pretty cool how God has actually used some of this to bring people together. Um, but, you know, that this gets us thinking about this idea of, church shopping, mm. which has always been a thing. You know, church shopping has always been a thing. And um, the question is, what does that mean? And is there a way to think of that in a positive light? Or is it is it all negative? Is it all positive? How, how should we think of it? Yeah. And, you know, church shopping typically from pastors has a negative uh, yeah. view because it means, and, and maybe church shopping is sort of a loaded term. So mm -hmm. we may switch to like church visiting or right. church experiencing, you know, it just, it simply means that you're trying out a church. You're, you're trying out a few different churches and you're trying to find one that, that fits right now. Some people's motives in that can be wrong and some people's motives can be really good. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about today is, you know, how do you, how do you visit a church appropriately? How do you find a church? You know, what, how do you need to go through that process? You know, can you, can you yeah. visit a bunch of churches at one time? You know, what, what does that look like? Yeah. I think, you know, just to further that thought, I think sometimes the negative connotation for people comes from the, the idea of what shopping usually is. And mm -hmm. it's like just getting a product that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and if church is only about getting a product that you want, then yeah, that, that is a, that is a problem. But, but there's the other idea of church shopping, and that's like just going in to see what the store is all about. Yeah, you know, and that's that's not that's not a bad thing. That's you're you're going into the church to find out what it's about, right? To see who it is. The only way you're going to experience it and know is, to, is by going, going and experiencing there. it, right? Yeah. And so I think people who use that term in the sense of like I'm just going in to experience the church, like that that that's cool, right? When you use the term that means like I'm going to see if this church gives me what I want, yeah, um, yeah, like a consumer there, type there mentality. Could, could be mm -hmm. some, you know, bad things yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, there could be. I don't. Well, know, let's but. let's talk about what if if you're someone looking for a church. What what's the process by which you need to really um, seek and sort of get to know? And and I think you can do this with a couple different churches. You know, I think the first thing you need to do is pray. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you have to spend time praying. And this is where people miss. They they do not ask the Lord. They do not seek God. You need to pray and say, God. Help me find the church where you want me to be planted, where you want me to be investing my life in and where they can invest in me. Yeah. And somebody that lines up with me, you know, theologically, someone that will help me grow as a disciple, you know, that needs to be our prayer. Right. Yeah. We need God to go before us. Right. And so that's, that's the idea behind that and prepare our hearts for whatever we're about right. to go uh, see. But then I think there are really, um, you the only way to, to fully experience a church is to go, but you can find out if there yes. are churches that you don't even want to try um, by going online and right. checking out their, this is such, their theological, you know, Can you believe views. the era that we're in? Like, I can go yeah. find out so much about a church before I even visit right. a church. And you can find out really quickly, like... Uh, I can go online and I can find out their statement of beliefs. Uh -huh. I can listen to the pastor. I can see what kind of ministries are offered, what opportunities there are for me to serve. I can see all of those things online. So I would go online... Yeah. And I would pick a handful, a small handful, two, three, four churches that I'm like, okay, I know mm -hmm. that I'm going to visit these churches. Yeah, because basically what you're seeing is like, one, I, I agree with what I've read so far. And two, there's no like big, huge red flags that are like no-goes, you right. know. And so if there's nothing like that, then, then okay, this can be a church that I go and actually experience. Right. That's right. Because, um, you know, that's kind of step one. Right. And so now when you go, you have to think about, there's a few questions that I want people to, to think about. Number one, the first question is, I would think about the church as a community. Mm -hmm. Is this a community that I can fit in, right. that my family fits, that the Lord, I feel like the Lord is calling me to? How, how will this, this body enrich myself as a disciple and my family? And then how can I invest in this body? Those are kind of the things you need to keep in your mind as you're, as you're visiting. 
Right, because if if the only if the only things you're thinking about are like styles of this and that and and you know whether or not the pastor does exactly what you want them to do, and that's the only thing you're thinking about, well, then you might actually miss out on uh, the other people at the church. You right. know what I'm saying? Because right. there's there are a lot of other people there, and they might be uh, the the exact people that mm-hmm. God wants in your life for right. whatever season. And you're in. and and I don't think it's bad to ask. You know, does it fit your style preferences? No, but of also. Not. To say, can you adjust to their style? Right. Because you may go and say, say for instance, you really like contemporary worship, but this church only offers a real kind of mixed or, mm-hmm. or hymns or, mm-hmm. or blended worship, whatever. You may go in and say, man, I love this church. Right. But this worship style is not my preference. Here's the thing. Can you adjust to that? That's right. Most likely the answer is yes. Right. You know, yes. hey, this preacher's got a little different style of preaching. Can I adjust to that? Mm-hmm. The answer is going to be yes. Right. And so these are these are why preferences are not something that that a believer. These are things we often consider first, but they need to be considered last Second, because yeah. preferences can change. Preferences right. can be adjusted to. So that's okay. So that's what I was going to say. So first, you know, church is not a product; it's a people, right? And so we have to be we have to be flexible and figure out if we can be a part. Um, or, or is this really just all about us? Like what I want. And then conversely, like are, are, are we actually compatible? So it's not only about us, but we also have to recognize, like, you can't just shove yourself into a church that, that you're, you're just not going to be compatible with at all. Um, that's not going to work either. So there is, there is a balance there, but you know, the thing about this that I like to think about is not so much what is their worship or or their setup exactly like for me it's more like what are their guiding principles mm-hmm. because you know styles change over time mm-hmm. my question is not what's their style right now my question is are they willing to move with with what God wants them to do? Right. You know, because if you're very rigid about, like you can be really rigid and legalistic about hymn worship, but you can also be really rigid and legalistic about contemporary worship. Right, exactly. And and I don't want either of those. I want moving, I want God glorifying worship and and you know, the style is going to change. I mean, look at us in the nineties. Like if you wanted to be stylish in the nineties, you wore clothes that you would not wear right now. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so we, that's going to change in another 10 or 15 it's years. It's going to change. So, and, yeah. and we have to be flexible with that. And we want to know, is the church going to, going to roll with that right. as well? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we need to do that stuff, but then we also need to find out about the pastor himself, man. That is, so important. The the pastor is going to be the person who's going to lead the vision, the mission of the overall church. You know, so if you can't follow the pastor, then you have no business being in that church. Right. You need to know: is this a godly man? Is this a man that's going to not not a perfect no, man, no not a perfect guy? No. But is this a, a godly man that I can? Um, get behind mm-hmm. that I can follow that I can learn from you know right. those are kind of questions you need to you need to ask but the pastor is going to be crucial to the church and you're you're staying there and getting plugged in yeah cuz i mean what he is he is the under shepherd who is is feeding you you know you are one of uh, god's lambs one of his sheep and uh, the the elders, the pastors, have been given this charge to, you know, like Peter, to feed right. the sheep. And so uh, that's important. You want to know. You want to know right. who this person is. Exactly. And, uh, and so that might take a few weeks to get to know the church, to get to know the pastor. Yeah, I would this say visit not, visit for several weeks. You know, yeah. visit. You know, you can visit around to a few churches, and a uh, couple couple three churches. Visit around, and then when you think you have one mm-hmm. or maybe two. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, this is. I think I'm going to fit here. Visit for for several weeks, right? You know, make it a point to to be there, and uh, you know, get try to start to get to know some people. And one know. of the one of the churches I went, we went to growing up. We moved when I was like 15, and I remember we went to this one church and we liked it, but it was really small, and there were these little like preferential things about it that were like, eh, not exactly what we're looking for. Went to a few other churches that. Uh, that that had that met some of our you know things that we were looking for theologically, um, but they just weren't compatible. It was that it was that dynamic of community that we found. We just weren't really gonna fit in here. This is not you know they're great people, but 
that's not where we're going to end up. Yeah. So we went back, you know, it'd been like a couple months maybe. And we, we went back to this other church and they actually remembered us. And that became one of, one of my home churches growing up. And, uh, and it's just funny how like sometimes the place that you end up loving the most and, and who loves you the most isn't going to have all the things that you want, mm -hmm. but it's going to have everything that you need. Right. You know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's really what we're looking for. So it takes some time and you got to be persistent about yeah. it and not just, you know, flip it. You yeah. know, you can't just go back and forth. All and the then, time. you know, you need to keep praying, pray through this whole process, pray some more and yeah, ask pray, the Lord, is this more. the church? And if it is, you need to join the church as a member and yeah. get plugged in. Right. Those are two really important things. You need to, whatever their process of joining is you need to join that church. Say, I am a part of this community. I'm a, I am a believer and I'm putting myself in, in, a, in this community of believers and I'm going to get plugged in. Don't That's just right. sit on the sidelines after whatever period of time you need. It could be a couple months, right? You know, start to find ways where you can use your giftedness in that church. Yeah, that's right. So, well, you know, one of the reasons why this happens, church shopping happens is because people have left the church, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. so what about that? It, are there yeah. times when we should leave? How should we leave? Like what, Ooh, man. what should we be thinking about if this is happening? Yeah. I think right? the first consideration for leaving a church is theological compatibility. Yeah. If your church changes a theological position, if a lot of times they get a new pastor if there is a, and we've talked about this before, just because you're theologically in, uh, incompatible in certain areas doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't warrant leaving a church. But if uh, if, for instance, um, you know, it's a small, minor issue, right, right. things that we can we can agree on, you know, yeah, okay, we understand that um, we can worship together. You right. know, there, there was a there was a man recently who totally changed his view on baptism in a mm. in a big organization that we yeah. know about. Yeah, and he, you know, said that he needed to step down. He needed yeah. to he needed to step down from his church because of theological incompatibility. Right now, that that often is not why the reason people leave, but that is that needs to be a major. Um, consideration, consideration. Yeah. yeah because what we're saying is like for instance if somebody uh if your pastor or somebody in your church has a different mm -hmm. view of in times right eschatology yeah maybe they have a different view okay that's probably not a big deal the question is how you know unless adamant unless how, some, unless they? you or them are making it a big deal and that's where it becomes a problem so like for instance baptism like you cannot practically worship in the same place doing the same things because you have a fundamental disagreement about how it is what it does right. all that stuff mm -hmm. and if you have this disagreement and it becomes it becomes uh apparent in the practice right. you know basically like there are times where people have disagreements and it gets shoved down your throat right that's when you've got a problem on your hands but there's another time where like i i'm sure like brian and i we disagree on different things theologically but none of these things ultimately uh are affect they're definitely not practice. like first or second tier issues right yeah. they're almost all third tier mm -hmm. issues and if they yeah. are second tier then we just punch it out and uh we get over it no, yeah. i'm just kidding so, so but most of the time so so there's there's really these four reasons, yeah. theological compatibility. The next three, th that that one's rare. The next three are, are the most common. Right. Number one, leadership compatibility. Yeah. You there's something with the pastor. There's something with the leadership of the church that's that's incompatible. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, I've seen this done very poorly, and I've seen it done very well. Yeah. Uh, I saw a man who was at a church uh, invest. He said, instead of complaining, I'm going to try to invest. Mm. He went to the pastor. He went to the elder. So what can I do to help? How can I invest? You know, and, and he was trying to help what, what area yeah. of leadership that was that was wrong, you yes. know, or that was not wrong, but that was incompatible. He really sought for a long time. And then after a while, he said, you know what? They're doing their thing. It's not working with what I'm trying to do, so I'm going to be looking for another church. That's right, and that's that's the right way to do it. You don't just at the first drop of a hat say, "Oh, well, we don't we don't line up. 
We, you know, all right, you you did something I didn't like leadership. So I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. That's more like looking for excuses. (laughs) That's just trying to find an easy way out. And uh, yeah, what we should be looking for is ways to be compatible, how to overcome that. And the only way to fix problems is to, is to actually talk about it. I mean, you know, half the time when there's problems and people are upset about something, you know, other people don't have any idea that that's the case. Yeah. Most of the time when people leave the church and we try to follow up with people best we can, but when they leave our church, um, they, they don't come talk to us. Yeah. And so like there are times where it happens and we have literally no reason, no, 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 uh, my thing is what if, what if there's something that we didn't know that we could change? Exactly. Um, or just a misunderstanding who knows what it is, but conversations are always better than not. Um, but you know, look at Paul and Barnabas, you know, Paul Mm -hmm. and Barnabas were like bros and they, they did awesome stuff together, but they had this, this big disagreement about John Mark. Um, and you know, the question I remember somebody asking me like who was right and who was wrong. And I was like, well, this person was right. And that person was wrong. And he was like, are you sure about that? Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it was just a disagreement. Mm -hmm. And that's where sometimes this happens. And it's not that somebody is right and somebody is wrong. It's that you're just not moving in the same direction Mm -hmm. and that, that can be okay. And if, and if that's happening, sometimes God uses that when it's handled well, right. Mm -hmm. To, to further his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are the ones who get to decide whether or not we're going to handle it well. Yeah. So, so so that's that's really that's the second reason but it that's probably one of the primary reasons. Another mm-hmm. one is preferences. Yeah. People have their preferences that that they don't like something that has normally changed at a church. Right. And so they get f- mad or get upset about it and they leave the church. Right. Now, I'm not saying that this is always not warranted, you know. Sure, yeah. But I'm also saying our preferences can be adjusted. Mm -hmm. Our preferences can change. So don't just throw out a really good, solid church because of something in the church that you just don't like has changed. You know, one of the things that really spoke to me when we felt like God was calling us to build a new building in 2008 Mm. and we had to build a multi-purpose worship center you know there were there were senior adults in our church that were like boy we we really don't like this Mm -hmm. we like a traditional worship uh, center but we understand that god is calling us to do this Mm -hmm. and we understand the need for this yeah so we're going to support this and they gave money to it right they're like this wasn't my preference but god is in this right and you know that should be the attitude that we have with our churches that Hey, you know, and I, as I get older, I understand that more because I get more crotchety and more yeah. is set in my ways. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't like this, mm-hmm. but if God is in it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go along with it. You know, right. I'm gonna support it. So, yeah. so That's preferences, good. and then here's the last one: relationship mm. conflicts. This is the one people leave churches over, and this is the one that's the most. Uh, that we can do the most about. Yes, because yes. ninety nine point nine 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 percent of relationship conflicts could be solved if if christians would would gather together and do conflict in a biblical way right and approach it in a way where hey we both love jesus let's try to let's let's focus on reconciliation and redemption rather than me getting what i think i deserve yeah i i think most conflicts uh a lot of the reason why the conflict is happening is because of assumptions and misunderstandings. Right. Um, almost every conflict I've I've encountered, uh, there are assumptions uh, at play that have like almost no basis. They might well, and some have basis, but when you look at the the basis for the assumption, and you and you start to question it, it just falls apart completely. And that's when it, really it's funny. Like when you start to do those things together in the conversation, the conflict just kind of evaporates right well um, it's surprising to me how many people are in conflict and they don't they don't talk to the other person about it right they do everything else but talk to the person right. and brian in your experience i'm not saying 100 but i'm saying most of the time large majority of the time if i had to guess 75 percent, 80 percent of the time if you can get people to sit down that are believers and focus on reconciliation redemption they can get over that problem oh yeah yeah in fact i would say almost all of the time uh, like almost all of the time the conflict can go away unless so here here's where the conflict doesn't go away and i'm not saying that they become united in their decision so so again paul, paul and barnabas i i 
I think that Paul and Barnabas, I don't think that they like hated each other for the rest of their mm-hmm. lives. That would not go together with Paul's, um, with what Paul writes in the scriptures about forgiveness and things like that. So I, I believe that they had love for one another. They just knew they were going in different directions. Right. So there's no more conflict, even though they're going in different directions. I think conflict can always go away when we are willing to uh, fully understand the other person, let go of assumptions, mm-hmm. right. and let go of our sinful desires. Right. And that, to me, the reason why conflict does not go away is when you will not let go of, of sinful desires mm-hmm. or assumptions. Well, and, I, and and that's the problem is if you're, if you're leaving a church over conflict, you may have tried to solve that mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. You may have mm-hmm. tried to go to those people and do that, and they have not received that well. Right. They did not work with you to come to a a solution that yeah. focused on reconciliation. And in that case, yeah, you, that you, hurts. You, you may need to leave that church. That's right. You know, yeah. because because it's just going to end up creating more conflict by you staying there sometimes. Yes, yes it can. And you know, the the hard thing about that is is maintaining that posture of of grace and forgiveness right. when it isn't when when the other person is holding on to their right. sin and assumptions, mm-hmm. and not portraying that onto new believers and new churches. Because right. I've talked to so many people who are who've been burnt by other Christians and other churches that they just they assume they and so this is where we start to mess up when we start to assume that everyone's like that. Right, and uh, and that is not the case. Everyone is not going to. Uh, hold on to their sinful desires and their assumptions like maybe has happened to you in the past. Well, and I think to the best of your ability, make sure you deal with anything before you leave. Yeah. And and again, you may not be able to, uh, but don't, but on whatever, for your part as the party that's leaving a church, right. you do your level best to deal with whatever conflict. And then don't bring your new baggage to your new church. And that's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so we, we want to make sure we leave that behind and we, you know, we don't look back. <laughs> we press forward to the mm-hmm. goal of the, the high calling of Christ. Yeah. I've had people come to our church and like, well, they want to talk about all the things that their past yeah, church. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's kind of like Black Panther, you know, we don't do that here. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we don't do that here. Yeah, exactly. You you have you know, to let that go. I don't I don't want to know about all the mm-hmm. things that X church did. I right. want to focus on on our no, church I, and I, how we can partner together to to move forward in ministry. And so what I would kind of um an like an addendum to that. Mm. So like if you're hurt and wounded, that's a, the, what we're not saying is you can't go talk to your new oh, pastor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're saying yes, you might need you might even need no, counseling. No, no, no. Yeah, you yeah. Might if there's, need some of that if there's stuff. genuine counseling or right, genuine right. help needed, yeah, don't mishear me on Us that. As what pastors, I'm saying is if you're just coming and complaining, exactly, and you don't want help with anything, uh-huh. you're, you're just you're just complaining about it. I, I don't want to. And hear I that. would say don't like don't go to a new church and just start talking to the church members there about you, the the issues that you had. Go talk to the pastor yes. of that church. Church, yeah, um, because he's the one who's going to minister to you and, and give you. Yes. Yeah. So I so I knew what you meant, and and I wanted to make sure Thank you. we all. No, I, yeah, yeah. This is why we're a team. Because exactly. Because you help make sure I don't <laughs> well, misspeak, yeah. and people are like well, this guy. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to do that either. Um, so we need to seek to move from your church with a pure and genuine heart that desires to serve the Lord and be in a community where you feel like you fit. That's and right. I think that's really important to. Look for that place where you can serve and where you can be invested in. And yeah. so don't just say, what programs does this church have for me? How can I how can I benefit? Right. Ask the question, how, how can I benefit this church? That's right. Yeah. So. yeah. so, you know, as we've talked about this, there is a right way to leave a church. Yeah. And there are reasons to leave churches mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, there There's a right, a right way to way. find a church. There's a right way to find a church. And I think they both, they both, it's funny, they both mainly involve seeking the Lord for guidance. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're doing that instead of just, and here's the thing, do not just respond, do not just do what your gut tells you to do. Right. Go to the Lord in prayer. Seek the Lord. Take the time. My, my, growing up, my 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 mom especially would always say, "If if the decision has to be made immediately, it's probably the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. So don't make a decision immediately. Take the time that mm-hmm. it takes to get wisdom and counsel and prayer before you do what you want to do." That's or, or so thinking good. About. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, oftentimes if somebody's like, I got to have a decision now, I'm like, well, the decision's no then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, exactly. It's got to happen now. Yeah, yeah, because I don't. I need to. I need to make sure it's the right decision. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. So we've talked about the church a lot. Yes. Okay. This this episode really has revolved around the church, mm-hmm. specifically worship and and being a being a church member. Let me ask you this question: Why do you love? The church. As we wrap up, as we close, yeah. Why do you, Brian Van Doren, love the church? <laughs> this is gonna sound this. I, I think this could. I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. Um, I love the church because of uh, because of Jesus. Mm. Um, I am not. I know my sinful heart. Uh, if it were not for Christ, I would not be a people person. Mm. Um, and I think that's true of all of us, probably. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know myself, and I'm being a little real. And I know there's danger to that, but I'm not worried about it. Like I love people because these are th- this is my Savior's family, mm-hmm. and uh, and they belong to me too. And so I have a genuine, real love for people mm-hmm. because this is God's church. Yeah. And um, and I love it because of that. If it were not for that, like I I don't really do like social clubs and things like that. Like. I don't have an affinity for people just because we like the same mm-hmm. things. I have an affinity for the church and the people in the church because they are my brothers and sisters because of what God has done. And that's really the reason. And um, and all the extra benefits to me is really just seeking the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added to you. So to me, I love the church because I'm seeking the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And all these other things just get added to me. It's, yeah. it, the church is is gravy to my relationship with the Lord, and uh, and that's good. I love it. You know, it's it's wonderful. But what about you? Why do yeah. you love the church? Well, I would just piggyback on what you say because the church is the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. and I love the church because Jesus loves the church. Yeah. And I always say, I always use this illustration that, you know, if I said Brian, I loved you, but then I was like, <laughs> I hate your wife. Yeah, I so, hate yeah. Kayla. <laughs> Like, I just cannot stand her. Like, yeah. you, you would be like, we're going to have a hard time being friends. Yeah. Like, we're just not going to have a good relationship if you hate my wife. That's right. Because the Bible says that that the marriage relationship is, is so important to, to become one. Right. Right. You guys right. Are, are Brian and Kayla. Yeah. And so I love both of you. I don't know her as well because I don't spend time with her like I spend time with you. But I still love her. Right. I have a love for her like I have a love for you. Yeah. And so if I love Jesus, I'm going to love his church. That's right. It's the bride of Christ. And so that's that's why I love the church is because I'm a Christian. Now, what do I love about the church? Mm. I love the fact that the church is a place where all these imperfect people gather together mm. and we encourage each other to grow in our faith. Yeah. You know, we, we are made, it's, it's like a, it is in it, the church being a part of a church and experiencing all that God wants you to do in the, in the area of serving and evangelism and giving, those are maturing things mm-hmm. in our lives. So it's kind of like, I've always said, like when you get married, men are matured. When mm-hmm. you have kids, yeah, yeah. men are matured for the Christian. We join a church. We invest our lives. We are being matured. Sure. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, I mean that's that's like you know why do you love the church? Why do you love your family? You know, like why do what do you love about your family? Like, it's very similar questions because, and that's why like our our church you know kind of motto is a family for life. Mm -hmm. That's why this podcast is families for life because it it is so intrinsically connected. And uh, and so as we think about this, like what would you say to a non believer? as to why you go to church regularly. Mm. Like somebody who just doesn't understand this concept at all, what would you say to them why you do this? Boy, that is such a great question. Do you have anything that you would... That, I know, I was I was thinking about it. And, um, you know, the reason... What I would say to people who, um, who I love, who are not churchgoers, and I don't even want to say like non-believer necessary, mm-hmm. but somebody who, who maybe is a Christian but just doesn't go to mm-hmm. church... Um, you are, it's the same thing that I would say to somebody who doesn't uh, hang out with their family, or maybe they like eat meals separated all the time. They never spend time together. Um, you're just missing out. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on what part of life is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's one of those things, I, I recently watched a movie, the Ford versus Ferrari, and uh, there's, there's in that scene, uh, uh, Henry Ford, the second or something he was uh wanting this fast ford car made 
And there's a scene where he gets in the car and Carol Shelby just takes off and is driving like super fast and he stops and Ford is sitting there in the car and he just starts crying. He's weeping and he says, I never knew. I never knew. I never knew. And his point is he did not know how awesome Mm. his cars were. He was missing out on the experience of the awesomeness. And he says, I wish I wish my granddaddy were here to see this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. We are missing out on the awesomeness of life when we are not doing living it out the way God wants us yeah. to. Yeah, I would say that being a part of a church is being a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is it is a it is a in a way, there is a mystical or spiritual sort of thing about it not mystical in a right yeah pseudo spiritual we mean like yeah but there's something about it that god bringing all of us together in his presence is just so special Mm -hmm. and i think that if we take it for granted or if we don't appreciate it if we don't if we don't invest if we don't show up we're really missing out yeah yeah we are so don't don't miss out. We want you to experience all that the Lord has for you, all the Lord has for us. And <clears throat> to find a good Bible believing church, invest your life in it and see what God does and go to worship every Sunday. That's right. <laughs> that's what we said. That's it. And don't live your life by fear. Amen. All so right. Is that everything? Did I, I get it all in it. there? Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Conclusion done. <laughs> well, we appreciate everybody listening and we had so much fun doing this episode. We're looking forward to the future series and episodes we have. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. If you've got any feedback, please email yeah, us. Let us know. Let us know. We, we love know. hearing from you. Mm-hmm. Um, if if uh, you got any ideas for us. We'd love to hear that as well. So thanks for listening and we'll see see you next time. time.